Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. But he doesn't want to kill Faith because he's sleeping with Faith. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Have you ever jacked in? Have you ever wire-tripped? No? A virgin brain. Well, we're going to start you off right. Hello, everybody. How's everything going today? It's Recotopia, episode 55, Mm -hmm. where we do uh, our big recommend is going to be Strange Days today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, welcome everybody in chat who are coming in on a Tuesday to witness us do this live on video and everything Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. on Twitch and YouTube making comments during the show. Thank you guys for coming out and watching us. Uh, how are you doing today, Jeremy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Do you have any small recommends for us today? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small, it's tiny, it's petite, it's wee. I do. In fact, I think we're going to have to share the opening small recommend. That's right. We have a co. We have a small co for the first time. Which almost history. makes it a big recommend in a way. It almost does. And it, it probably could be. Uh, but Chris and I, both inadvertently and separately from one another, without even discussing or planning it, <laughs> both watched Women Talking. Um, <clears throat> and uh, both wanted to recommend it. Uh, today as a small recommend. Uh, This movie was pretty flooring for me. Um, I thought the acting was outstanding. Um, This is about a Mennonite community um, where the women have discovered that the men are drugging and raping them, uh, Mm -hmm. including children. Um, The police are called, and I think eight men are arrested. And... All of the men, but one or two in the community, leave to go bail out the arrested men. And the women are alone for two days. And they decide, they have to spend the time trying to decide if they want to stay and do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. Um, And I don't want to tell you too much more about it because the movie is really about the discussions and the pains and personalities that come out through the discourse um as they try and figure out what decision they want to land on uh my wife 
watches a lot of documentaries and there's a whole niche market of documentaries about communities like this. There's probably five or six documentaries just about Warren Jeffs. Um, and this movie rings very true, even though it is uh, largely fictional. It's based on a true story, but the, the part that's true was the men drugging and raping and getting arrested. Um, what is fiction, and the author of the book this is based on has said the book is meant to be a reaction by fiction, which I thought was a really interesting choice of mm. words. Mm. Um, and so the women talking and making this decision is uh, is largely fictionalized, um, but hey, a lot of movies are largely fictionalized. Uh, mm -hmm. You can still be powerfully impacted. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on women talking? Uh, it's uh, It's one of those where just the dialogue has so many like devastating moments in it and everything. This discussion is, is a serious, is a serious thing because it's not just, it's not just like, Hey, we have, we, we know we have one thing we have to do here. And, and we know that, you know, we, we know everything that we need to know to make a decision here. Um, one of the, one of the things that I thought was kind of amazing was, they catch one person, you know, the, 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 the little, the 12, 13 year old girls see the one person running and they catch that guy. And then that guy goes and, and points at everybody else. Right. And then there's a discussion as to whether that guy's even telling the truth about everybody else. Right. So there was an initial discussion about whether to kill them and everything while they were in that barn or whatever, locked up. Um, but it, all through this, you're going to be sitting there going, it, it, this is, I don't know if this is just a human nature thing or whatever. I'm like, who do I, who do I believe the most? Who do, who is, who's like, who's got the best argument out of all of this? I think all, it, I think, you know, it, you have the one, you have Claire Foy plays the one, one character who just wants to just fight and wants yeah. to, and, and, and then Jesse Buckley plays the one who's like, I think we should stay and, and, uh, and try to work something out with them or whatever. And then, and then Rooney Mara, Rooney, Rooney Mara is kind of like in between still trying to be kind of like, uh, convinced of all this, but they're all so good. They all have such great moments, every single one of them. And then there's a lot of people that you, you may not like, you, you may may have recognized from from other uh movies i mean francis mcdormand is in this but it's kind of like she already she made her decision that she's going to stay immediately so she's not yeah. in this discussion uh all the way through but uh there's a there's a lot of other uh actors in here that you may have noticed before in other movies that sort of round out this whole discussion and it's just it's interesting the paths that they take all the way through this. It's an actual real adult discussion, you know, mm -hmm. that I, 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 I don't think that we discuss any of our problems in the manner that they do. Uh, and we would benefit a lot more if we actually talked this type of stuff out, every kind of problem that we have in society, because it, uh, it, it gives it a multifaceted, multi-layered uh, consideration. And, uh, that's what I enjoyed the most about it was that it wasn't just like, all right, this is, this is that we have all the information we need. We have all the decision that we need to make, and we're going to make that right now. And if you don't do that, you're stupid. You know, that it's not nothing like that. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I really, really, really 
uh enjoyed this movie a lot yeah and i just to address a couple of comments the the the, the violence on screen is a bare minimum like for the most part the movie doesn't show you it's aftermath um, yeah <clears throat> uh, and and there is frank discussion at times about the attacks um but i don't feel like the movie is uh going to leave you depressed um at least i was relatively uplifted um certainly horrible things had happened um but um the movie is really trying to empower these women and let them make their own choice um and they do and mm-hmm. um <clears throat> Anyway, uh, I thought it was fantastic. Chris obviously agreed. Uh, yeah. And yes, if, if the topic is enough to keep you away, I understand that completely. All right. Uh, I guess it w- I'm in the awkward position of going ahead and doing my small recommend, even though I just did one. Yes. Um, the uh, I've been watching on uh, on Hulu, uh, Fleischman is in Trouble. This show stars uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes, and uh, Adam Brody. Uh, for the most part, uh, throughout the series. And it, uh, it, uh, it focuses on Eisenberg, uh, and his, and the after and sort of the, what he's having to deal with when he, he and his wife divorce, his wife played by Claire Danes, uh, they divorce and, uh, and he has suddenly, uh, left with the kids with no, uh, with no, um, way of being able to contact his wife he's he's uh every time he thinks that it's time when he he believes it's time for her to uh pick up the kids she doesn't show up she's hard to reach by phone she can't she doesn't she's not answering anything and there's even a a point where she's he's like maybe she's dead i don't even know nobody's telling me anything um but it is it, it's it goes through him trying to be a doctor and trying to be a father to his kids while the while their mom is away and have no idea what to tell them while the mom is away and this all is being narrated by Lizzie Kaplan who plays his best friend from I guess college and has sort of re-entered his life to talk and it starts off like kind of like a comedy because he's divorced and now now that he's free quote unquote and people and all these single women see that he's a doctor he's like getting women like he's never gotten before and so it's like a it's sort of a sex romp there for a second but uh, he's he's talking out his problems with lizzie kaplan lizzie kaplan is uh uh married has kids uh uh, how uh, the uh, how i met your mother fans will be glad to see that josh radner plays her husband in this um and and it and as the series goes along you start to realize that a lot of the things that you're seeing is is uh, is largely from eisenberg and kaplan's perspective without claire danes in it and a lot of the things that they think are happening with claire danes could it, it could be true, but there could be a lot of things that they're like exaggerating and everything. And as this series goes along, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier mm. about uh, about the about how the you know dealing with uh, dealing with something as brutal as a divorce, dealing with mental health issues, dealing with uh, you know Lizzie Kaplan at one point 
it seems like she's all in on trying to solve his problem at the expense of her own marriage mm. and, and everything. So there's a lot of things going on in her life as well as this goes along. And Lizzie Kaplan <laughs> is so awesome. I've, I have, uh, I've been in love with her since mean girls. That was the first time I saw her and every, everything I've seen her in since I'm just like, just, just super dig her. And I think this is her best work yet. Claire Danes, who's not in it much because she is, she is gone through most of this, but she mm. does have flashback uh, stuff that, that we get to see and everything. And then she has a tour de force episode uh, where we're, where, where she is dealing with a lot of mental health issues and it is the best Claire Danes has ever been, I believe. Uh, mm. And Jesse Iceberg is great too. I mean, one of the big themes of the show is that nobody's good. Nobody's bad. Uh, there's everybody's dealing with their own things. Everybody deals with it in their own way. Uh, a lot of times people are shitty. A lot of times people are, are good and you can't really like judge somebody completely based on just one perspective. And, mm. and, uh, this is a really, really good show that I highly recommend. Uh, I was not expecting it to get, as deep as it did when I first started it. And when you first started, it's like, Oh, this is okay. I see what kind of show this is. And then it just really sort of, it takes a, it takes a deep turn. It's not, I don't wouldn't say it's like a depressing turn. It's just deep. It really makes you think about a lot of things. So hmm. Hmm. there you go. All right. Well, uh, where is that? Is it on? It's uh, on Hulu. Hulu. All right. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I don't know if it's. See, I saw it on Hulu. I don't know if it's an FX show. Uh, I think it's an FX show, but I don't know if FX had it or if it's an FX studio thing that they just put out on Hulu. You know, whatever. You can find I it see. on Hulu. All right, cool. This is mostly. I mean, I, the title is familiar, but this is completely off my radar. So, mm-hmm. um, I will have to add that to the list. Um, <clears throat> my uh, second small recommend for the day mm-hmm. is the 2022 movie um called breaking um <clears throat> this stars john boyega um this would pair nicely with uh the movie where denzel holds people hostage in a hospital to get health care oh, john, john q mm-hmm. um this is about a man who is uh served in the military and has mental and physical issues and um, from his perspective, which is the perspective we have in the movie for the most part, um, the VA is not paying for what they should, and he's at his wit's end. Um, now, from a, a highest bank holdup standoff movie perspective, I don't know that you're going to get a ton of surprise surprises. This is based on a true story. Um, this happened a few years ago. Um and I, I think for the most part, the movie goes the way the real events did. Uh, so mm-hmm. you may want to research that before watching. Um, the reason to watch this is twofold. This is Michael Kenneth Williams's last movie, and he plays mm-hmm. the uh, crisis negotiator uh, and gives a really solid performance. And John Boyega is fucking electric. Like, I haven't felt this way about a performance since I saw Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. Like, he just kills it he just nails it um he he has such a range that he has to portray um and he just grips you and even if you don't think the movie is good 
I challenge you to find a problem with his performance. It is mm-hmm. epic. Like in a in a better film, it's award worthy performance uh, mm. for sure. So that is my recommend. Breaking from twenty twenty. All right. <clears throat> All right. I'm gonna have to check that out. Absolutely. You can watch that on Showtime or Paramount Plus. Okay. Um, all right, on to the big recommend. I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Uh, the day's big recommend is from 1995. I seem to be all over 1995 in the show and i i don't know if i feel like because i was a, a movie theater projectionist uh for so long in the 90s and like watched everything and whatever i've got all these hidden gems from the 90s and uh you know i want to i want to go through all the eras but man the 90s always seem to call back to me on these i still got <laughs> like a whole bunch loaded up anyway 1995 strange days from Catherine bigelow um and this is a movie much like how jeremy was describing it last week i saw in theaters didn't really care for that much and moved on and then i picked it back up i think i saw part of it later on and i was like whoa this is actually i actually kind of like this i think this is like pretty good and um and uh so i recommended this one now i have been reading some things in in discord and on the comments before we even got to this movie and i'm not sure how this how this movie hit all of you it sounds like it either was lukewarm or like you didn't like it at all so who knows i don't know <laughs> i don't know where we're at on this i don't even know if jeremy likes this movie so uh, so it'll be interesting to go through all of this, uh, as I wax on about it and then maybe hear that Jeremy doesn't like it. Um, <laughs> uh, so this movie, uh, is, 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 like I said last week is pretty interesting because it was, it came out in 1995 and then it feels like a distant future type of thing. And it's really, it's in 1999. It comes yep. out. It's, it's the future is 1999. The thing is, is that Cameron came up, James Cameron, who's a a credited screenwriter on this and came up with the story for this movie. uh, I think he had the idea for this, the technology of this in the Uh, eighties. And that was where he first sort of came up with the idea for the technology of it. And then the Rodney King incident happened around the time he was shooting Terminator two. And that affected him enough that he decided to uh, add some of add some of that element into the movie. Um, and so I don't know if it was just that in the eighties, the nineteen ninety nine seems so far away that it was like in the future, and they just kept it there. But we were we still had even in nineteen ninety five, we were still uh, we were still kind of like. I don't know. The 1999 seems such like a mysterious year. Like, oh, it's the end of the millennium. Even though, of course, we found out there's no year zero, and it's not really the millennium. <laughs> um, the new manium. Right, right. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, I think that we were still fascinated with that and Y2K and all that. People started talking yeah. about like the oh, what's going to happen with all the computers when it goes to Y2K? All the banks are going to fail and blah blah blah. Well, and that was turned out to not be that big of a deal. 
Um, but um, so the the technology in this is a uh, is something that this little like squid thing that they put on their head that that people put on their head that they experience things that not only records the video but it also records the feelings and emotions of the person inside so if you give somebody a video of this thing that you've done that they will experience the same things you do in the very beginning of this movie uh, plays a lot like what we would see found footage movies do uh, later on uh, in you know with Blair Witch Project and things like that we get to get we get to be a, a bird's like a uh, not a bird's eye view we get a POV of a bank robbery or a, not a bank robbery but a restaurant robbery and we get to see the ensuing police chase uh, that goes along with it and uh and just at the very end the guy who is run who's in, who's in the who has the equipment on his head tries to make this impossible jump between two buildings on a rooftop and then falls to his death and then that's when we were introduced to our main character lenny nero played by ray fines who pulls off the thing and he says hey i don't I don't deal in snuff films and he's dealing with this guy who's trying to get him real street life type stuff on video for people who want to experience stuff like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> doing robberies and doing all sorts of like unmentionable things probably, uh, it, on their recordings. Uh, and so we see that this is his life. He is going around trying to find this kind of footage to sell to people. We don't know how much he's selling this stuff for. Uh, there, there's a there's a talk from the guy who uh, who who plays his like you know real life dealer or whatever. He wants ten. We don't know if that means ten dollars or if that means ten thousand. Uh, no idea what that really means, but he wants ten for it, and then he ends up getting it down to five because he's going to have to cut it, and people don't like cut stuff, whatever. Um, but then you see him, he's also actively trying to find other, other things. He's actually staging so many things. He's got people who are like doing porn basically out there shooting porn basically with these, with these squid, with these squid things. And, um, and so, so he even, he's even like going to people and telling, like telling them what they need to do when they're doing all of this thing. So he's selling all this stuff, but then, uh, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, people he knew from his past named iris comes in and says that i've got something to show you and uh and just as just as she's about to show him what she's show him this video that she's put in his car of course his car gets towed away and uh and uh in one of those convenient make the movie longer moments uh you know she she uh she sees the cops and she doesn't like the cops she runs away she, he doesn't know exactly the videos in his car and the car gets towed. And then he, then there's this whole thing where it's like, he forgets that she said that whatever was what it was, was in his car and he has to go find it in the tow place later or whatever. Um, introduced in the beginning of all this are all of our main characters, all of our characters that are going to end up factoring into this whole thing. His, his buddy, Max, who he used to work with played by Tom Sizemore. Um, uh, I guess they used to work vice together. That's what I'm, what I, I got the sense of. They both, uh, no longer do that job. Max does security for this guy named Philo played by Michael Wincott, making another appearance here on Recotopia after talk radio. Um, 
Uh, and of course, Tom Sizemore making another appearance <laughs> after uh, Devil in a Blue Dress just a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, he does the security for a man named Philo. He's hired Max to follow around what used who used to be uh, Lenny's girlfriend and now is Philo's girlfriend, uh, played by Juliette Lewis. Faith. Faith is a uh, wannabe like pop singer well pop singer but like a rock star she's a she wants to be a rock star um philo has 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 represented a whole bunch of different musical acts uh and she thinks that she's got the best shot at being popular with him uh it's unknown whether or not he's just keeping her as like uh as a girlfriend like you know oh yeah i promise i promise you'll you know he's using her for sex or whatever we don't know if that's that's I, I get the sense that's what's happening there like he's not really helping her career but maybe he is i don't know i mean um, not to interject but i would love to see the movie of how she goes from you know with rafe and in that memory video to being with this guy like that is a journey i would find very interesting yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah. i imagine drugs are probably involved <clears throat> right uh, while, um, and then while, uh, Lenny is hustling, he, we run into another friend of his, uh, a limo driver played by Angela Bassett, uh, Lornette Mace Mason. Um, and, uh, they have a history where I guess he, along with somebody else were in, a, was in on an arrest of his, of her. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it was her boyfriend or husband, Jericho one right. played by Glenn Plummer. I don't know if it was a husband or if it was a boyfriend or a baby daddy. I don't remember if they mentioned that or not, but they have a child together and, and we see a flashback of Lornette coming home and yelling at Jericho one or at the cops as they, as they, as they arrest him. And then she walks in and we see uh, Lenny like, like giving counseling or like, or like, helping out her kid and they sort of struck a friendship through that uh by the way and angela bassett also making her second appearance <laughs> after the score um uh i angela bassett i don't know possibly probably steals this movie for me mm. i think she's as fierce as it gets and this is why uh over the over in the past if you've ever heard me talk about angela bassett and i get upset that they always put her in these roles where she would just come in and yell and then leave, leave and not be a part of the action this is why is you know you see something like strange days and you're like oh she was poorly misused for many 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 years yeah um so uh, she is not, uh, she's not really down with what Lenny does, but she, they, but she understands what kind of a heart he has and all that. But there's a scene early on where he tries to like sell one of her customers on, on some stuff that he has. And, uh, and, uh, she ends up kicking him out of the limo, but she gets uh, so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then ends up taking him to this club, uh, later, but what we find out is that uh, someone has sent this someone has sent this video and uh and when, there's a lot of things going on here so much like devil in a blue dress i may have to jump back and forth here but um the first thing the first thing that we know is that there is a video there's a video that we know is 
highly coveted by the cops, the cops played by Vincent D'Onofrio and William Fickner, who I don't think says anything in this. William Fickner may not say one word in this movie, which is weird considering this is the same year that he's in heat. And, uh, and it's like, I I don't know, maybe that he did this before it, he was, he was like a kind of a name, but, um, the, the cops are chasing after Iris who we mentioned earlier on, uh, and this video has something on it. That's very important for them to, to, uh, uh, it has, has something very important for them that they need to snuff out essentially. Um, then we have another video that's sent to Lenny himself that shows a horrific rape and it shows it shows, uh, it sh- it, and it's Iris in the video. Now, one of the things that I think this movie doesn't do well is time. It mm. feels like weeks are going by sometimes and it's just two days. It starts on December 30th and it ends on January 1st. So like, a whole bunch of stuff happens in this where it, where it feels like a lot more time has passed, but he's, but, but because he sees, uh, Iris in this video and he's just seen Iris recently, he knows that this is something that is recently happened. And, and so we find out that Iris has been killed. Um, one other thing that I thought was weird about this scene, the rape scene, I thought, because Catherine Bigelow was behind the behind the screen, I thought that what we were going to see was her perspective of of the rape as it was happening, and because we always see the the rapist's view of it, but they they twist it in this really fucked up way where it's like the the person perpetrating this is has has somehow hacked into her own little squid thing so that she feels what he feels while he's doing it to her that's really messed up it's really really messed up um but so we know that that that's happened and now lenny is sort of like getting this idea that uh that's something something is a he might be in danger and once he finds it he he finally gets his hands on the, the video that the cops have that the cops want we find out that the cops one time, the reason why they they're the reason why they're uh, so hot on this video is it's video of them killing Jericho one. It's a traffic stop uh, where uh, they go off to some secluded area and, and Jericho one uh, uh, is, is telling them that, you know, I'm going to get my lawyers on this. This is going to be the, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun when we take you to court and all that. And Vincent D'Onofrio ends up shooting him. Iris was in the car at the time that this was happening and she was wearing her little squid thing. And then she runs off and she gets away. Uh, That's the video that they're looking for. Uh, But meanwhile, there's another thing that we think is related. Uh, We think that this thing is related and it's only semi-related. The uh, we think that the the horrific rape video and the police uh, video are going to are going to have some sort of connection to this larger conspiracy. And that's what we keep hearing from Tom Sizemore all the way through it. And then we find out, of course, and spoiler alert, we find out that he's really the one who's 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 been doing all this stuff. Now, the cops obviously are 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 still very culpable on this murder that they've they've committed. Um, But they but this is a this is a complex thing where where uh 
where Max has been told by Philo to follow everybody and make sure that they don't say anything. He's worried that if he's worried that if the video comes back to him and that, and that somebody finds out that he's going to find that people are going to, that his artists are going to find out that he was having them followed and that he would be ruined and all of that. So Max comes up with this huge scheme where he, he like kills, he kills Iris, but he doesn't want to kill faith because he's sleeping with faith. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and he wants to make it where, Philo dies, he gets to keep faith and he gets to pawn the murder off on someone else. And that's how he ends up getting Lenny involved on this. So throughout the movie, Max is telling Lenny that there's this big, huge police conspiracy going on where there's death squads and all this other stuff. Now that conspiracy isn't very far off in this movie's world because there are tanks going through the city in this. Yeah, There are freaking tanks just casually going through the city in this movie and um and uh and so like there's tanks and there's like a whole bunch of just violence going on and i think that's where the movie may pull its punch a little bit too much maybe is that it ends up saying it's oh it's just a couple of the couple of bad apples here and everybody Mm -hmm. else is good in all of this you know even like uh, a reveler of New Year's Eve che- uh, cheer, like hugging a dude in like an uh, armor suit, like at the end when everything is all resolved, there's like a shot of like, oh, let's hug this officer here who's wearing body armor. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a little heavy handed. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and, and, and I feel like I'm missing a few things here and there, but that's your basic thing that's going on with this movie. Um, uh, uh, I feel like it's, it's, I, I love how, how well the, how well this plot actually does come together. Movie's a little bit long. I probably would have cut 20 or so minutes from this. There are things that aren't totally necessary in this. Um, but, uh, but all in all for such a complex mystery going on, I think I, I, I really like how it all comes together. It's kind of confusing because there are two different like there's two different kinds of there's two different like um things there's two different plots going on here um there's the plot of the cops and their video and then there's the plot of max and all of the things that he's doing that are sort of related to that video but not entirely related to that video but um anyway i've Mm. spoken enough Mm. what do you think about this movie I sure as hell liked it more than I did the first time I saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking it was trippy and not good. Um, and now I would put it above. I think it's good. I enjoyed watching it. I think it has a lot of really interesting things to say. But like you said, I think it pulls a lot of its punches um, And I was definitely intrigued the whole way through about the mystery. Uh, I really like the main character, Nero, in that he is not a good person, but he's not a bad guy mm-hmm. in the sense that he's truly revolted by some of the shit he ends up watching uh, in mm-hmm. these memories. Uh, but he's in no way like the moral superior <laughs> to most mm-hmm. of the other characters in here. And I like yeah. a good, flawed main character. Um, the relationship between he and Angela Bassett is really, I think, the strongest thing about the movie. Um, mm-hmm. 
where they have that come to Jesus talk where she's like, you got to give this shit up. Memories, mm -hmm. memories fade for reason. Uh, and you're getting stuck living in this. And he doesn't even realize how much she cares about him at this point. I think he realizes it by the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just some really strong acting there and really good chemistry between those two in that you really buy uh, that their friendship goes back so far that they can both get away with talking to each other the way they do when they're arguing or mad at each other. Mm -hmm. um, I will I will note, uh, as of the date of this recording, uh, Tom Sizemore is uh, in a coma um, mm. and had a brain aneurysm. And from what I read this morning, his family is having to make a very difficult decision mm -hmm. um and sadly uh i'm not sure he's going to be with us for too much longer um but i did have a note that if you cast tom sizemore in your movie i'm going to know he's the bad guy because he's tom yeah. sizemore um, sure and uh i think he's really he's very sizemore in this movie but this is exactly what the movie needs him to be i I think the biggest issue for me is I've never been a huge Juliette Lewis fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, she's she's polarizing. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and um, and she's so much a part of this movie um, in so many ways. One of the ways I think you could have saved time. I do think the movie's too long, but I think like there are one or two places where we watch her perform an entire song at the club, mm. um, and I think. I think the intent there is to get us inside her head because the lyrics are somehow about what she's experienced or what have you. But I just mm -hmm. kept thinking, you know, you could give me five bars of this and move on and, yeah. you know, cut 10 minutes out of this movie. Um, <clears throat> I thought the fireworks at the end were hilariously bad looking, um, yep. but I, I will blame technology of the time. Um, mm -hmm. You can see the harness line when Tom Sizemore falls at the end. Um, ah, yes. I rewound a few different times just to marvel at because it's mostly hidden, but there's like a, a few shots where you can well, see it. And not to mention the ultra convenient uh, space that he has to land uh, when he gets there, considering there are thousands of people down on the down on the ground celebrating New Year's. He happens to find the one place where there's just a van to crash into and not like a whole bunch of people's heads and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, um but uh, yeah getting back to some of the things that i really really enjoyed uh, and like talking about angela bassett there's uh there are moments in this where they easily could have gone damsel in distress mode with this and she she at one point she uh gives the uh the video to that police commissioner who just so happens to be really good even though like they're the whole this, this is what my biggest problem with the movie is that it's a it is clearly a military force in this that's not not really doing any good in this yeah. but they have the one commissioner who's kind and caring and 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 you know whatever he's the he's all about the truth and the american way or whatever you want to call it um but she gives that video to him and then uh philo's goons show up and and you think oh they're just gonna capture her and then ray finds is gonna have to gonna have to come in and save the day no she beats their asses yes and and and, and just fierce all the way through and by the way nikki cat making an appearance there is one of the yeah. goons um uh but uh oh, goons 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, like I said, I just love Angela Bassett so much in this. And like I said, it's just one of those things where, uh, like you, you see her later in these other movies, you're like, come on guys, you have Angela Bassett here. She's here. She's here for you. She will make this movie so amazing. And you know, you kind of like use her in like, uh, there's a kind of a in and out role or whatever. I love the technology in this. I think it, I mean, we're, we're not, we're not there yet where we can get, uh, we can record emotions really, uh, or record the fact that somebody is colorblind during it or that type of thing. It just so happens to be a signifier on the, uh, on Tom Sizemore's video. Um, uh, I don't think we're quite there, but the, the, apparently they had to invent some new technology to make they some did. of the stuff work. Of course they did because James Cameron is involved. So therefore they had to make a tiny camera for stuff like when shirts are getting pulled off over the, over the camera and everything like that. And they, they had to make stuff like, so I really like that. I really like the, the technology involved. I think, I think there, I think this is one of those movies with uh, maybe a little bit more time to cook and like you projected a little bit further in the future it uh it comes off as a as a mega classic but anyway i'm glad that you at least liked it not like you know you didn't like hate it or anything like that right. and um and i get the sense that a lot of the people who watch this in the comments are um they, they basically like it but there's some things about it that i think everybody when they see this is gonna it is too long it is you know um it does have it does have its problems but I felt like it was a movie worth revisiting because I don't think we talk about it really that much today. So, nope, I agree. um, on to what, uh, what do you think, uh, is a good, uh, super secret double feature for this? Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. Oh man. Um, there are a lot of good contenders, I think. And, and obviously, even Devil in a Blue Dress would be a nice double feature with this because you have sort of an amateur detective. He's not, he's an ex-detective in this movie, but, mm -hmm. you know, going after this mystery and Tom Sizemore is not trustworthy. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I really wanted to go with Final Cut just because of the, the mm. memory uh, being recorded parallel, mm. but the movies aren't similar enough. And, um, nobody's seen final cut um but that is a nice creepy robin williams performance if you want to um take a look at it where he cuts people's memories into a funeral presentation for their loved ones and yeah he was in a he was in an era here and that it was 2004 where it was just like he was always playing these creepy bad guy types like he was tired of playing robin williams comedy genius yeah. so often so so, yeah, um, I really, really wanted to go with the nice guys. Um, mm. Tonally is a little too light, I think, to, to mm -hmm. stack up to strange days. Um, and so ultimately, I'm going with something that has already been mentioned in the chat that I do feel is rather on the nose, but so perfectly on the nose, I had to do it. And that's Minority Report. Uh, um, yes, that was the I one that I was thinking. Yeah. And I think it's just it's too perfect to pass up because there are so many parallels with the untrustworthy friend, um, with the literal, you know, MacGuffin memory that we're, you know, visual memory that we're chasing and, and investigating. 
Uh, you have a wife that got tired of your shit and left. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's the future. It's kind of detective-y. Um, so, yeah, I think Minority Report and Strange Days would be a, an excellent back-to-back double feature. So Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, it's not actual video, but, I mean, it, it's it's essentially that with memories yes. being recorded and everything and uh uh so yeah uh and and even down to the fact that the cop is committing the murder yeah uh in in there so <clears throat> so yeah it's very very close it's this is a very philip k dick uh very it, it seems like uh, inspired uh by uh by something he'd write so yeah no, anyway I think so. <clears throat> um all right well what is well we don't have any homework next well, we week. do your homework for next week is to watch every movie from 2022 oh yeah yeah go ahead and do that yeah um because we will have our producer extraordinaire Aaron Dicer on the show with us to do our annual uh best of the year breakdown and discussion um that is next week's episode reminder that will probably go longer than a typical Recotopia episode because we have so many movies to discuss together and then we will have to vote and choose the best movie of 2022. And you can vote in the comments and we probably won't count your vote, but you can count each other's votes and see uh, which one wins. Um, so yeah, whatever you haven't seen from 2022 that you are able to get your hands on. Uh, and I think we're going to talk about blockbusters as well as award nominees, things like that. Um mm-hmm. So get your watch on, and uh, that'll be next week's show. I think we've got plenty of time for some questions here. We do. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. If the studio movie, Owning Editing Gods, granted you a shiny new high-quality release of an older movie that is currently only available in DVD quality, you'd get it in the shiniest, best high-quality edit available, what would you ask for? Um, it's interesting. Um, the, I mean, this ties into James Cameron again. Um, it's interesting that James Cameron hasn't really come out with some of his movies on 4k or even Blu-ray. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and I don't think I was that big of a fan of the abyss, but I would love to see that movie in 4k Mm. and, uh it i don't think it's even hit blu-ray at least not in the united states the only thing that was available that i've seen is dvd uh for the abyss Mm. and um i haven't seen the abyss since like the theater uh but i can't imagine a movie that would look more awesome in 4k than the abyss back at least back in this era um and so yeah that's one that i'd love to see uh hit 4k yeah, I wrote down uh, arsenic and old lace, which really doesn't count because they can't change the aspect ratio that the film was shot with. But right. they could, I'm assuming, because it's owning editing gods in the question, but I'm assuming that they can take the arsenic and old lace print and make it immaculate, even if they can't expand um, <clears throat> the aspect ratio. And I, there's, that's just a movie I've seen so many times, and there's so many film artifacts you know, in the actual film itself always makes me say, uh, I will say my, my experience with classic film in 4k is that it, it, it's obviously clean. They've made it clean. Um, but I don't know if I've, I've seen anything that like really hits the, the next level, uh, in those things. Although, although 
uh, I take that back. The rear window and vertigo uh, transfers mm. for 4K, those are phenomenal. So, but mm. black and white, black and white movies in general, I don't know. They, they, they're. I guess they have a little bit. I've seen. I saw the Citizen Kane one, and it's like, oh yeah, it's that Citizen Kane, all right. It's not really <laughs> like, you know, it's not really like uh, enhanced that much. But uh, so I don't know. Black. I would like. I any any old movie that's got the that old artifact type of stuff would be great to see cleaned up and like nice and bright and whatever uh but uh but uh yeah that's a good one yeah well i should say state that somebody in the comments nick here is telling me that there is a criterion and blu-ray release of arsenic and old lace and it's actually mm -hmm. quite good so i need to check that okay. out okay all right <clears throat> all right um take a score from one movie and then name a different movie said score would also work well with no choosing a movie with the same composer that's cheating. Um, every time that I try to have my uh, answer ready, uh, this thing uh, goes, uh, goes off a little bit. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day guys. Um, no, um, I think that um, taxi driver score would go well with the talented Mr. Ripley. Um mm. If you're, I mean, if you're talking about, uh, especially since if you're talking about characters that have, have some sort of, uh, something off with them all the way through, I think that taxi driver score, the Bernard Herman, uh, it's a lot of, uh, like saxophone, I think less, I don't know if it's saxophone or whatever in taxi driver, but, um, but that score would go well with a lot of the stuff in talented Mr. Ripley because Mr. Ripley's talented Mr. Ripley's got a lot of that uh got a lot of the uh, i think era specific kind of thing i mean uh, uh, bernard herman is doing a um uh i don't know he's doing a, a retro-ish score in 1976 for taxi driver so anyway i just think that would go along well um go like along that. well with that so there are a lot of horns in the talented mr ripley score so mm -hmm. a yep. lot of jazz i think that meshes up nice um I have always loved the score from The Firm. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise movie based on a John Grisham novel. It's entirely a piano, um, but very driving and percussive um, and very, very unique. And so uh, in thinking about other movies uh, that might have a similar frenetic kind of main character journey, I thought Arlington Road. Um, mm-hmm. Would be you could probably take that piano score and yeah 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 and and apply it to the intrigue of uh, Arlington Road, uh, which is a movie I'll probably have to make a mecca recommend mecca mecca rend. Um, <laughs> let's see. What anybody um, in the chat have a, an answer for that one? Polly Walnut says take something like the Once Upon a Time in the West and apply it to Star Wars: A New Hope. Uh, of course, see now that when I read these know that i'm gonna guess some of them are jokes and some of them are serious the catch me if you can score to saving private ryan i'm going to guess is a joke um uh, road to yeah yeah exactly while they're sitting there blowing, <laughs> blowing heads off and stuff um uh jet smith says take road to perdition and put it on there will be blood uh nick jagged says beetle Ju beetle juice would oddly work with the hudsucker proxy i agree with you on that one nice. um uh let's see uh 
James says, this is weird, but I feel like Daniel Hart's plaintive, a ghost story score could fill out the spaces. And I'm thinking of ending things that don't use Jay Wadley's ballet score. Uh, Josh says the, the score for soul by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross inserted into something like the lovely bones. Unfortunately, the lovely bones is such a trash movie. I can't, um, I can't watch that movie ever again. <clears throat> yeah. Shaggy nut says sin city score on LA confidential. Of course, anytime sin city is brought up, I think joke because we trash. So He's just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Is that slab? That's shaggy. It's shaggy. Nuts says it. Oh, but then slab does say sin city. score with every. <laughs> oh, sorry. I read the wrong name first. Um, uh, all right. We have one more. Maybe one uh, we more? got one more. We're going to end a little early today. Um, but uh, that's okay. Everybody can get to lunch. Um, what is your favorite? Actually, the question literally says favorite movie pet question mark. Um, ah. So you, remember to use your words, folks. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, of great movie pets, but I'm going to just go with a, a standard here. Einstein from Back to the Future. Um, mm. Just such a sweet dog. And I've always... I'll, and you know because i watched back to the future so much i always loved it when he came he come, he he gets one minute into the future and they open up the door and he's sitting there in the with the seat belt on and everything and he's just so happy to see doc when he opens the door and everything and of course he warns them about the libyans when he's in the trailer <laughs> somehow knows that they're coming um but uh but uh yeah i i love me some einstein so there you i go. uh I also went with a dog, two dogs. I chose two different ones because uh, I can. Um, and from a movie that may have actually inspired DoesTheDogDie.com, uh, I Am Legend. Oh, um, yeah. I love that German Shepherd, and I'm mad that they chose to kill the dog in that movie. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert. Um, yeah. And if there's a dog in this sequel they make, I'm going to be wary. I'm going to be wary. Um, mm -hmm. But I enjoy that movie, I think, more than most. And that dog is awesome for the first half um and then uh the dog and prey is my new favorite uh good boy um, yeah even though hilariously uh in real life that dog was impossible to control um but on film he looks like the smartest dog that ever lived and uh yeah i think both the, the both we all pick dogs yeah i see a comment did we all pick dogs um, yeah um uh says uh let's see polly walnut says zero from nightmare before christmas nice nick jagged says stitch from lilo and stitch but isn't stitch just like an alien being he's i don't i guess he's a have an alien pet guess that's good i guess that's okay slab slab bulkhead says halle berry's dogs from john wick yeah they're awesome oh yeah um uh james says the giant dog bruno from the triplets of belleville man i haven't seen the triplets of belleville in forever need to get revisit that one <laughs> and then josh as a joke says channing tatum as danny bride's pet from this is the <laughs> this is the end uh dpw says spec in Wee herman's big adventure uh and uh <laughs> the jetsmith says the cat in the lap at the start of the godfather sure yeah <laughs> he's a he's that's a good little that's a good that's a good little cat uh dpw says steve martin's dog and the jerk and castro says the dog in toy story 2 has a fun bit so nice uh there you go um yeah i think we all picked dogs except for the one cat and the godfather and yep. then, uh, so nobody picked a parakeet nobody picked a hamster or gerbil but nope. you know 
That's that's the way that's that's what that, you're living in a dog's world, guys. Yep. Living in a dog's world. Uh next week, best of twenty twenty two with Aaron Dicer in tow. Mm-hmm. And uh so uh we will be doing that next week. Uh once again, thank you, chat, for coming in and uh and uh, watching us today. Uh you make our show better, and I'm I'm happy that uh that, that you came along. Uh but that's gonna do it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Be a part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com. How high a ridge I could not tell. Either way, you and I at a bare minimum, are in the right place. <laughs> right? We are, but I was about to mention that our, our names, names were not. <laughs> and I was like sitting there like, I was sitting there trying to figure out, did you say that as a joke, knowing that the names were switched? I just saw a commercial uh, right before we started. I guess Domino's is now selling tater tots with like shit melted on top of them. <laughs> shit, huh? <laughs> Not actual shit, but okay. like damn cheese and jalapenos mm. and pizza sauce. Okay, and, it sounds I'm delightful. Like, I can't eat that. No, I mean, I, I just, I just feel like, like stay in your lane, dude. If you can't sell pizza, then shut it down. Like, I understand wings. I understand a little, like almost all these pizza chains now will sell me a sub sandwich that's toasted if yeah. I want, or some kind of bowl of pasta, and just like. Like I'm not going. I'm not going. If I go to Domino's, I'm not getting tater tots. Yeah, I don't get that. I'm gonna get pizza. That's what you do. I know that they had that makeover a few years ago, where it was like they had those ads that came out that said, you know, uh, we were delivering pizzas that were shit. I mean, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. hate our pizza. Yeah, yeah. So. It was a wild campaign uh, because it really was basically overtly that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, hey, we're going to change everything because, yeah. and uh, that's, 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 I mean, obviously it worked, but mm-hmm. didn't work on me. I haven't had Domino's since college. I know for a fact I had it in New York because there was a Domino's in my neighborhood that was um, open on Christmas, on holidays and stuff. Because I lived in like primarily like Jewish and Asian community so like there were a lot of stuff there was a lot of things open on christmas which was awesome that is awesome i hate these automated fucking emails man like during the health insurance open open window i went in signed up picked our new insurance plan yada yada and then for the rest of that month i kept getting emails saying make sure you pick your plan uh you still need to pick your plan and i'd already done it but they were Automated emails just as reminders mm-hmm. that uh, confuse the shit out of me. And now I'm getting tax-related shit. Like, my the bank that has my mortgage has sent me, like, seven emails about download your tax documents, and I've already done it after the first email. But every time I get a new one, I'm like, oh, did I forget? Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's intended to be a helpful service, but it really just causes me anxiety.
I'm just saying, whatever you owe, you better pay it. Otherwise, uh, Breaking Bad's wife is going to have Huel come over and mm. force you to write the check and stay with you until the mail picks it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Breaking Bad's wife is going to send Huel. <laughs> I couldn't think of the character's name. He's gonna, he's gonna break it. Is, is, is are you? You're not talking about the Anna Gunn character, are yes. you? <laughs> yes. Like because she was in charge of Huel for sure. She was so in charge of him.